Hi there, this is P, and I'm your host for the Pariah Peaks podcast. Hello and welcome to season two of the Pariah Peaks. The overarching theme of this season is to explore the lives of Asian immigrants through generations, places, society, culture, family, and faith to define what is home. In this episode, I've invited my brother Gabby and his close friends Ernie, Isa, and Mitchie here on TPP to share about the life of a young millennial third culture kid. The four of them moved here in the Philippines to pursue their studies and are still currently based here. I've known them since they were young boys and girls in the church community. They've known each other even before moving to the Philippines, and they're here to tell us some stories and experiences they've shared together. I'm so excited to have them all come on my podcast after over a decade. Hello and welcome, Ernie, Mitchie, Isa, and Gabby. Say hi, everyone. Hello. Thank you for having me in, in your houses. All right. <laughs> Mitchie, you want to go, go and give a bit of an intro about yourself? Sure. So, uh, hi, good evening, everyone. Uh, this is Mitchie. I'm 26 years old and I was born and raised in Sharjah, UAE. And a hobby, I enjoy dancing. And I am a recruitment associate in an investment corporation. Thanks, Michi. Isa. Hi, hello. My name is Isa. I was born in Dubai and raised in Sharjah. And my hobbies are working out and I love to dance. And currently, I'm a senior analyst in a marketing company. You've gone a long way, Isa. Thank you for <laughs> that. Ernie, what's going on? What's up? What's up? <laughs> All right, Hello. Hi, uh, I'm Zolina. Uh, I'm 26 years old. I was born in Dubai, but raised in Sharjah. And uh, my hobbies include music, video games, fitness. My profession is I am a geologist. Last but not least, thank you, Ernie. My younger brother, Gabby. Hi, my name is Gabby. I am 25. Yes, I'm 25. I was born in Bahrain, <laughs> but after six months, uh, I'm, we moved to UAE, and if I'm correct, we stayed in Dubai for five years until we moved to Sharjah, specifically Abu Shagara. And this is where I started to uh, become friends with the other three here. Then as for my hobbies, it is currently just reading and video games. And as for my job, what do I work as? Ah, yes, yeah, supply chain management assistant for a real estate company. I love that you had a moment of like query with yourself. What do I work as? <laughs> it's funny. This is your what your your six months. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, this is six months of my job already. I just got regular. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all right, folks. Thank you for the the intro, everyone. I just wanted to like let's let's start easy. I mean, all, all of you. I think from what I gather, all of you guys have been born and raised in the Middle East. Right? That's what I understood. Well, like, where did you guys all meet each other? How do you know each other? Ernie, you want to start? Uh, <laughs> we met. Magulat ako sa mga sasabi. Anyway, uh, we all met uh, Youth for Christ, Sharjah, and it is a Catholic community. Um, for kids, because, you know, Youth for Christ, whatever. And uh, we often... <laughs> Uh, in general assemblies and uh, 
collaborate together in executing successful youth camps to you know recruit uh, more more youth. Yeah, you know, I always thought I was telling guys like I always thought you guys met in school somehow or you were friends outside the church community. I didn't know that you guys. I mean, you guys met in YFC. Tell me more about how Isa and Mitchie, how do you know each other? <laughs> oh, um, well, with Isa, um, we already knew each other from kindergarten because we were in the same school all the way yeah. up to graduating <laughs> elementary. Uh, but, but it was in high school where we actually really got close because we were catechism classmates too. <laughs> so yeah, um, ever since uh, we've been best friends <laughs> yeah Isa, i'm just keeping up with her <laughs> i was gonna say like Isa, is this true like, <laughs> i have a long history with her <laughs> i know i heard that you guys have been friends since you were kids mm. so about gabby how do you know this guy called ernie over here and then Isa and mitchy <laughs> <laughs> If I'm correct, uh, I all knew them. Well, aside from Isa, I already knew Ernie and Mitchie in 2009. Then Isa, I already knew when we were in Kids for Christ KFC. Uh, I recall this vividly because I remember we were fighting. At one <laughs> <laughs> I remember then, that. And... Yeah, I, I, if I'm correct, we were slapping each other's thighs because we were just playing like that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Dang. I used to give him like a lot of bruises in his arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he would get fight so much. Yeah, yeah, we still do. Slightly. I wow. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. <laughs> then, uh, for Mitchy, I remember her camp was 2000, February 2009 at, mm. uh, at one of the old mission houses. Mm. Uh, and for Ernie, it was later i think it was no it wasn't june it was later on if i'm correct that i met him in one of the youth camps one of the big youth camps in greenhouse i think it wasn't june it was later on i think uh around the Vermont. that's i recall wow i remember i think it could be july well i, no. I don't know maybe maybe it was a delayed june youth camp and then got moved to july it was 2009 yeah, it was 2009. But hindi mo sinabay si Jobet, right? Nanguna si Jobet. No, no. Jobet was in way earlier. I think yeah. earlier in the year or the year mm. before. No, his his camp was June. That much I'm correct. For the folks who are who are listening on this on this podcast, um, I think from what I gathered here, everyone met in Youth for Christ, right? Correct? Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so Youth for Christ is a Catholic church community. Um, it's actually worldwide, but... Um, I think for 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 the folks on this call for the in, for the interviewees, they all met in YFC, and I think that's how you guys developed your friendship. And I guess my next question is for you guys: is um, what was the importance of this Filipino church community for you? Um, Ernie, you want to start? Uh, well, for one, because I am a single child, and. Uh my dad wasn't present for basically the first half of my life and uh as a guy you know you would you would you would you would expect na parang 
have like a fatherly figure to guide you and you know give you all the the balls to face life on gonna uh anyway um so I was pretty much alone um from uh, what I could remember uh, every day from elementary to high school pre YFC I would just you know after school and during summer vacations I would just play video games right. and I would be I would just be by myself I was pretty much a recluse right and and um, obviously you know my I have I didn't have the opportunity to uh, level up my social my social skills and uh, yeah that was tough so uh, joining YFC um, it was really refreshing and new uh, at the time because um, I felt for the first time that I became part of something nice like I'm part of a community I I'm part of a, a group filled with members whom I can call my brothers and sisters you know it, it was a point in my life where I started where I stopped feeling so alone and wow. at that time like beforehand I didn't know that I was actually alone it was only after that oh my gosh I've been alone my whole life and I I you know I didn't have any some any sort of catalyst to like um, push me out of my shell to like want to socialize with people because uh, apparently I was just you know content being by myself but upon uh, you know experiencing you know being being part of a community a nice a healthy community um it was very refreshing and uh, it made me realize now wow holy crap I've I've missed out on a lot growing up with uh with all of you um it was it was kind of overwhelming because I, I basically like had like a crash course on learning the stuff I'm supposed to learn when you socialize with people you know like social cues understanding sarcasm <laughs> and um yeah it was there's a lot so yeah it was it's a, it was a really important uh, uh experience in my life that's an awesome answer and what an entrance uh Ernie Boom. How, right out the gate I know how old were you when you joined 13, 14. That was, you know what, 13, 14, that's like kind of a thousand tweens. Or is it like, well, yeah. you're, either you're a tween and you're like, I have a beard. I don't know what to do with it. Like, I like a girl. I don't know what to yeah. have. <laughs> what do I do with them? Oh, I know. But I remember when, when I was still in YUC, weren't you the guitarist? Didn't you play the guitar? Uh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, did I pull out? Okay, yeah, 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 you're correct, for sure, I'm, I'm the guitar guy, oh gosh, I don't want to recall. I remember that, actually, I, I remember that very, like, I know you're embarrassed, but dude, like, you know, back in the day, <laughs> When, when we were younger and people would be like, oh, they always like swoon over the guitarist. So, you know what? Like, this was your crash course to um, puberty. Raging hormones. Because, like, you know, we would have, um, you know, uh, what do you call it? Conferences. And then, you know, we have to perform 
like even for me when I started out I was like I don't like people I don't even like talking and this is why I actually have the podcast because the, the word pariah is somebody it's like a recluse right that's the meaning of a pariah and when I was growing up I don't like talking to people and I would choose and YFC actually taught me how to stand in front of an audience and like I have to make a talk and I have to and start it and I have to end it and it has to meet, have some meaning and um, I, I guess like the church community really developed uh, my social skills too <laughs> so thanks for that Ernie um, Isa what is the importance of the Filipino church community for you? <laughs> so actually, my both of my parents are in CFC. So th- that's Couples for Christ. So that's for all people. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I just have to say that. That is for all people. So, yeah. No, that is for married uh, couple that wants to like, you know, be holy and religious and stuff like that. So I was in the community ever since I was a kid. Then, then it's kind of a requirement because sa community, like if you have a kid, they should be like joining from kids to Youth for Christ. So yeah, I went to um like I joined Youth for Christ because before na inget ako, <laughs> like I was so jealous of um. Of like the artists and kuyas. Wow, they're so mature because they're in YFC. So I was like, I was, I think I was 11 years old when I joined y- YFC. Tapos, ayun, they, uh, they let me join. <laughs> I was so surprised. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was so surprised. Because, <laughs> I don't know. Pero, ano, for me, kasi, I'm not an introvert. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm very extrovert wow very <laughs> so like I can talk to people like I I have no filter like I can talk to people like I'm not shy I'll find a common ground uh with people so I think when I joined YFC my social skills just became like times five yeah I started like talking to people and all and it's so important to me because I know because I don't have um a strong relationship with my classmates in high school so parang when I'm so stressed at school like YFC is like my you know my re- my real friends wow real <laughs> my genuine friends and and yeah I'm I'm so glad and proud to say na I know most of my longtime friends are in are in YFC so ayun Thanks for that. Lisa. Actually, you answered my next question. Um, uh, no, no, no. It's not a good. It's it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Um, you really fleshed that part out and developing the answer that I I've been I I was curious about. Um, Gabby, quickly, how did like what is the importance of the community for you of of community for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, I always found I always find these experiences uh, funny when I look back at it. <clears throat> so uh, I think my story is actually very similar to Isa, uh, for the fact that my entire family at some point was part of the community. Right, right. Yes, and aside from KUC, uh, the outlook for me was when I moved to YFC was also actually the very same thing with Isa. Uh, in a different sense for me. The, the reason being was I found myself too mature for KFC at the age of 11. 
Ah, okay. Yeah. Then I recall when I was at my youth camp, <laughs> aside from thinking I was really mature for at the age of 11, <laughs> my other reason was, oh, I found a cute girl. <laughs> I had a crush in one of the members. At so, 11? At 11. <laughs> at 11. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Take a go. <laughs> this is why I find these things amusing. After joining Youth for Christ, a lot, a lot of my skills started to develop. A lot of the things uh, I thought was okay with me, uh, I was becoming aware that were not okay. Uh, I remember. Like what? Like what? I want to know what. what it's this like. one is actually with Ernie, because I remember our first shout. And the first night, and we and we were assigned to be buddies. Okay. <laughs> then I think I, I if I if I remember the memory to be correct, I think I was either being a show off or I was uh, I forgot the term what you used. Then I just I just decided to be real with myself ever since then, and uh, I found myself uh, finding my way through my life with Youth for Christ with you guys. Uh, correcting the little things that I thought was okay, but wasn't actually okay, then... So wait, hold on. What is shout? Okay, shout for for the... Summer house. Yeah, summer house training. And this, uh, basically shout was where when all the community leaders, us being the leaders, were, were to be trained into the community to be more versed in, well, the Bible verses... Uh, being versed not just mentally but physically and spiritually. All right, so um, I first joined the community uh, through KFC, um, and I was really eyeing uh, YFC, like transitioning. I was really excited because my older brother, shout out to my older brother, um, he was uh, he was serving as a leader in YFC, and it wasn't just him, but everybody else that all the artists and queers he was serving alongside with, I really just looked up to them. And uh, I knew that, okay, I, I really want to be part of, of Youth for Christ. And I was really pumped for my, my camp. So yeah, uh, ever since I joined, I think that's where I got FOMO, <laughs> like fear of missing out. I, I, I always wanted to be in every event, every activity, even if I was just a member you're, I wasn't a leader yet. There were, you know, there are some activities that you can't attend as a member because you have to be a leader. I was so, uh, I would be like upset. <laughs> I'd be upset not being able to attend or to be uh, to serve in youth camps. So that was how um, my like my relationship was with with Bayesi. Like I really found a purpose. I felt, I don't know if this is the right term I'm looking for, but useful <laughs> yeah uh, in the community and i really liked um being able to like serve um people like my age uh like fellow youth so yeah um eventually because of like my eagerness to serve uh and be present at events uh i was tapped uh the term we use in YFC is tapped to become uh, a leader so yeah ever since uh i've been serving as like an ate in uh, YFC so it was really really fulfilling for me uh, similar to like what Isa said where her uh, relationships with high school like her batchmates in high school weren't the best that's the same thing for me I felt more 
welcomed, uh, accepted in in YFC. So it was always what I looked forward to, like every weekend. That's awesome. So basically, when I'm listening to all of your answers, like being in a community, you it kind of helped you find a place of belonging, um, a place that kind of align uh, taught you how to have better social skills, practice your social skills, and even find interests or refine your interests um, with your peers. Because you talk about that sense of belonging, guys. And um, what we all are here in, in this episode, um, we're third culture kids. And I checked the, the dictionary today. And it's, a third culture kid is defined as a child who, grow, who grows up somewhere different from the one in which his or her, his or her parents grew up in. Describe the place your parents grew up in and the one you grew up in. Here in the Philippines, it's a bit like you have to be independent. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Yeah, like you have to be on your own, learn those things on your own. But but the place where I grew up in and back in UAE. Everything is safe. Everything is spoon fed to you. Everything is is parang, everything is there, so you don't need to like ask for any. Yeah, absolutely. And I know what you mean about the safety, right? When I was in my in my time, I remember I was like four years old, and we were in Bahrain. Um, we already had mm. the talk with my mom, right? They like young when a stranger comes up to you, we don't talk to them because they come from that place. They come from the hard times in the Philippines. Like, uh, they're robbers. They're, you know, you hear those stories. Yeah, exactly. Kaya parang, just to add lang, kaya sometimes it's, it's hard for me to like, to accept. Before, back then when I was a kid, like to accept that, uh, that I'll be staying in the Philippines for a long time because of the stories that my parents used to tell me. Like it's it's dangerous there and all, so it's kind of a bit hard for me to accept it. Okay, what about you, Ernie? For starters, so my mom grew up in. Um, actually, I don't know. I never got the chance to ask her. I think it was either in Bulacan or Tarlac. In any okay. case, uh, she grew up in a family that was kind of. Uh, how would you say? Uh, wealthy to some extent because one my grandmother my maternal grandmother was a was a teacher that was my mater my paternal um grandfather he was a policeman and i guess salaries were great then well, it was before marcos time so wages were okay so uh yeah they were well raised and um Okay, moving from her, I'll talk about my dad. He grew up sa, somewhere in the projects sa Quezon City. He used to be a takatak boy uh, where he would uh, roam around the street and, you know, uh, have like this this uh, like wooden box and cigarettes inside them where he would sell them to, to jeepney drivers and stuff. Hey. Yeah, he, uh, he used to do that. Uh, he used to do a lot of odd jobs when he was, you know, when he was a kid. Um, he growing up in the projects was definitely rough on him because you know it's not safe. Buildings were closed. Talk about like fire codes, man. Like if one house just bursts into flames, the whole 
the whole uh, the whole neighborhood go down. But in any case, um, si Lola kasi parang pinabayaan siya ni Lolo. So she was left in charge lang to take care of her four kids, including dad. And that was tough on her. And um, the, the vast difference kasi between my upbringing versus my parents' upbringing uh, would would uh, would be pretty much the same. Almost the same stuff. Well, including some of the stuff that Isa mentioned. Being that uh, when I grew up, things were definitely spoon-fed to me. I was sheltered. I, 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 I don't know. I guess I was just not a curious kid whenever my mom would say, no, don't talk to strangers, don't this, don't do this, don't do that. And I would just, you know, follow suit. Like, okay, fine, whatever. And continue playing video games. Uh, whereas... Sila mama, uh, I could say she was kind of spoon-fed too. I could sense that vibe from her whenever we like we socialize and she would talk about her past. Like she she was semi-spoon-fed. Peril, she she worked hard. She definitely worked her ass off to uh, you know to get to Dubai and and uh, build herself up. Whereas si Dad naman, ayun talaga. Um, he wasn't spoon-fed, so like he was raised roughly and he grew up in a way that he is forced to learn the street smarts right to uh, you know avoid problems to know where to get stuff to know how to get discounts on that stuff negotiate bargain so yeah it, it was a hard um, it was hard that was really um, enlightening actually it's the kind of it's the description that you had maybe there there are variances of of, of, of your parents life but when we when, when you mentioned it my dad would actually paint the same picture you know when we were younger they, my dad was like you know you have to um you know have to and mom would be really tough because she came from Though she came from a well-off family, she did not want that that sense of entitlement to be on, on us when we were growing up. So we recently talked about um, being a third culture kid. So in the future, if you were to choose to start a family, would you do it the same way your parents did? Growing up in the UAE and moving... Uh, to the Philippines for my college education, I can strongly say that it is true when the Philippines advertises itself as it's more fun in the Philippines. Because it really, really is. And there are a lot of things you could do here that you can't in the UAE, legal and illegal. I would, I would love to start a family here. It's it would it would uh it would make for a great uh, upbringing for my children, assuming of course we work our way enough to to you know earn enough, because that's the only problem, dude. That's the only problem. So yeah, I I would I would definitely would I would definitely raise my family here if possible if Kaya. Wow, wow, that's I love that I love that. Thanks for that, Ernie. Ikaw, uh, Mitchie, let's start with you. If you were 
um, knowing the the kind of life your parents had, um, the place they grew up in, and the place you grew up in, would you um, do it the same way, or would you do it a different way? Okay. Uh, I think uh, I would probably do it the same way. I yeah, because I don't know if I, I would be able to raise them well, like here in the Philippines, since I'm a third culture kid, like, uh, I guess my answer would definitely differ if I actually was born and raised here, but I'm not. So um, yeah, I think, I guess my, my lens right now is just like, how would I raise them? How would I be an effective parent? And I feel like, because I've been exposed to life in I've lived in UAE. I was born and raised there. I think that was that's also the route I would go. Um, I would alter some things. Like I would try try not to spoil or spoon feed, or I would uh, whatever lessons I I got from um, living here in in the Philippines. I I would definitely want to let them know about it as well. Just so. I because I, I think me as a kid, uh, I I wasn't aware of what my life not about the life of my parents growing up so I think uh, if I were to like raise my kids you know I, I would definitely want it better off uh, uh, well off uh, but I, I would I would still want to you know teach them like how much of a struggle it is and how um, blessed how um, how would I say this how privileged they are to, to have that life um, Okay, you were talking about like about being privileged and then teaching your kids know how hard life was in the Philippines, right? When you were back in the UAE, did you visit Philippines often uh, before moving here? And what were your thoughts about the country? I only visited the Philippines a year before I moved. <laughs> so, uh, and it was only for, yeah, it was only for a month. So I guess... Um, Ever since I was born until I want to say 18, I was just in UAE. I was just there. Um, so that's almost like two decades. So um, yeah, when I first came here for like a month, just, just for a month, um, I was definitely exposed to Manila. Um, what was it like? It was jarring. Uh, it, it was definitely just, that was when I really faced a uh, culture shock um it's, it was totally different well first thing is you know it's not safe it's not clean um and very i don't know people are like not to categorize but there are people who are rowdy unruly um and just it's just i don't know how i didn't know how to act i didn't know how to behave in those certain situations so um, I, I will say that, you know, when I, when I came here for like that one month, I was with, I mean, my, my brother and my dad were already here before I uh, visited with my mom. So there, were, there was already family here. So I could just like observe how they dealt with it. So I dealt with it the same way. So I, I think it would definitely be harder if I just came here and, you know, I didn't have family here. But yeah, um, I just really had to learn everything through observation definitely but uh, I'm thankful for that one month I spent here because the year after when I moved for, for college um, I felt at least like 
somehow to an extent I, I was able to adjust. So where did the one month idea come from? Was that a one month vacation or a one month your parents like, you know what, you're moving to the Philippines. I'm going to send you there for a one month prep. Was that, what was that like? What, what, where was the thinking from? Oh, uh, that was more of a vacation um, and to visit my brother as well, because at that point, I think he was almost done with, I think he had like one year left for college because he, he had to finish first before I could start. Yeah, it was more of vacation um, and, you know, my, my brother and my dad don't have the best relationship. So it, it, us being here, me and my mom coming here for a month really helped him. And yeah, uh, I guess to also expose me to, to what life is like here in, in Manila. Tell me about like just top three things. What are the th- three things that you, you were exposed to that you will never forget? First would have to be, like off the top of my head, I think it'd have to be the street kids, I guess. That's um, something I, I've, I've never seen uh, in, in UAE. Uh, you don't see people like that there. So um, yeah, yeah. Um, and like, families that would live um, by the roads, by the streets. Um, yeah, and, you know, they would come up to you and um, ask for, for money. So that was, um, that was one thing I had to adjust to. Another thing would uh, definitely be the language. Um, obviously, I mean, that's, that's expected. Uh, the, the language here is Tagalog, right? So I'm not fluent in it. Uh, it's not my, um, I'm not the best at speaking Tagalog. So that was the second thing I, I want to say, uh, having to communicate with the locals here, like with the people here was just so funny, so funny. Just me struggling to understand what they're trying to tell me. Like, you simply like, buy it to Jeep. They don't say it in English, you amount. And until now, I, I don't. I don't know, like in, in Spanish, like, yeah, I, I struggle and I'm just like, oh, shoot, I don't know how much quince is. <laughs> so, like, I, yeah, so that was one. <laughs> That's another thing, like communication. So, yeah, and uh, what else? I, the third the third thing I want to say, I, I want to say would be the living condition. Because, well, right now I'm in, uh, we live in a condo, but before that we were living in a house that was just made of wood and, I mean, growing up, I lived in like an apartment. So even when we would shift uh, places in Sharjah, we would still be in apartments, right? So here in the Philippines, like when I first moved here, the house was just completely made of wood. And then, you know, there would be rats. There would be like huge cockroaches. Oh, they would be, yeah. And, and like when it would rain, it, like bugyo season, like the roof would just give in, like <laughs> uh, in my bedroom. And I... Yeah, I I would have to shift things just so it wouldn't get wet. So that that was something I I, I was never exposed to growing up in, in UAE. So here it was just uh, that's um, something I had to adjust to. I uh, think thankfully we moved now to a, a condo. But yeah, that's I guess that's my number three. I completely relate with you with uh with the jeep things because like when I was here, I'm in the jeep. I just, I know I have the coins. I just don't know how much it is and i always want to ask but i don't want to sound like a noob so i just look at how much other people are paying so i'm sorry so when they're like oh buy it for and then i hold my hand and i look at it it's like and i hope that because i know that 
enough that there's there's a price for students and non-students and i'm like mm -hmm. i'm not i'll look at the non-student and i hope to god that like they don't have a price for is there a price for seniors there is oh no <laughs> same rate as the students awful all right um isa uh, i want uh, i want to ask you um what what were your thoughts about the Philippines? I mean, were you like, were you like Michi? Did you get a one month before you got to fly, move here to the Philippines, or did you visit the Philippines before? Oh, for me, no, because my parents, um, parang I think I've been to the Philippines like four or four or five times. Parang if my parents has um. Um, the right amount of money because we all know how expensive it is to have a vacation here in the Philippines. So when they have um, a good amount of money, we will come here in the Philippines. So I kind of like um, I got to know the Philippines very well. Pero, pero kasi I was a stubborn kid, like a spoiled brat. <laughs> so I would like compare Philippines and in Dubai. Like, oh, in Dubai we do this. But in the Philippines, like, it's very different. Kasi, like, I would like, like, I remember one time. Kasi, I really hate going to my Lola's place. Kasi it's an old house. Tapos, they don't have uh, aircon. In Dubai, we all know that all, all the buildings in Dubai has aircon. So, so I was like, sobrang nagre-reklamo ako. Then, I, I was really that kind of uh, spoiled brat. So, so thank God. So when I grew up, so thank God, medyo mabilis ako nag-adjust. Pero there are, parang ang dami pa ring, parang culture shock sa akin. Like, yeah, yeah yun lahat. <laughs> so, uh, you were talking about that the word adjustment, right? Like, mm -mm. um, Mitchie was talking about how she had that one month prep or which mm -hmm. was actually the vacation. And um you got a little bit of an insight of how Philippines was like before you moved to the Philippines. Now, um there had there was a time in your life, because you're here now, so there was a mm -hmm. time in you were asked, you must have had that conversation with your parents, where will I study? So Oh yeah. Yeah, so take me back there, Isa. Why Philippines for university? Because uh, since I was studying studying in a Filipino school, so most of my classmates are going to study in the Philippines. So I was kind of parang peer pressured. <laughs> All my classmates are going to go there na. And and I think ever since I was in high school, parang I get I have this own timeline. Na gusto ko sumabay. Like all my classmates are in the Philippines, so I want to study right in the Philippines. So, so I remember. Because if you, for an insight lang for Filipino, um, for the, for the people. Because in the Filipino schools in the Philippines, there are like really um all the universities from the Philippines will conduct uh entrance exam in um in UAE. So. So I took those exams. Then unfortunately, I didn't pass any. <laughs> so I didn't pass any of the exams. Because uh, I, I only took one. So I did it was USD, so I didn't pass it. I don't know why. So I was like talking to my mom, like what university and stuff. And she was like telling me, that, oh, it will be nice for you if you study in 
in the province since my province since my mom's province is in Laguna. Kaya para para know it's safe ganon. Eh for me, I wanted to study in in Metro Manila. Pero hindi siya natupad. So I ended up studying still in the in Laguna. Pero it's not bad rin naman. So I still had fun in my college years. Pero pero ayun. So my mom kept like telling me na people people in the Philippines are are not the same thing as you watch in the in the TV <laughs> like magingat ka sa pera mo <laughs> like that. or like um if you're going out don't uh, don't stay out so too late like you have to be at home like around 8 pm or like, she kept on she kept on telling me that <laughs> so that prep talk before going to Uh, the Philippines for university. Even my dad, because my dad tells me like, oh, if someone's like um gave you a juice in the in the bus, don't accept it, because you're gonna ask him money for it. And, you know, like you know those uh, those little shenanigans things. So, parang but, alam mo na. But you wanted to be in the Philippines for university. I think I, I was pressured lang by my friends, by my classmates, since all of them. are here and I think na gusto ko sumabay. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for that, Isa. Um, I mean, Gabby, I know you're my brother, but for the folks listening on the call, why Philippines for university for you? It wasn't my choice. Okay. Tell us more. Uh, for the viewers, for, sorry, for the viewers, for the listeners, Uh, at the time of what year was it? 2013, uh, I was uh, I was finishing up uh, high school, and by some unfortunate circumstances, to what happened to uh, my dad, uh, he lost his job at a really really well known university <laughs> that I probably had the chance to go to, and the timing was impeccable that. I was on my last year in high school and my dad just lost his job. And at that time, it was actually a, a big 180. Uh, as for my friends who know, uh, they know the story very well, that things were just a whole whole different level of culture shock for me. Uh, I was very bitter when I, when I first arrived here and I was still adjusting for the first six months before I started college. Gabby, Then, Gabby. Yeah. Remember Dorito Jose? <laughs> What's that? Okay, uh, just a bit of segue. Uh, this was this was a moment when uh, I was in college with Ernie, and I was asking directions to a specific LRT station. And me being me, very being sabog, uh, the the station I wanted to say was Doroteo Jose, but oh at, but at the time I said Dorito Jose, and I was very sabog. And like only five seconds later, did Ernie realize it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ever since then, he has never let me forget that. <laughs> yeah, okay. So back to the main topic. Yeah. So yeah, for six months, then I ended up uh, in Mapua University, the same school as Ernie. Uh, the reason being was because all my friends are there. <laughs> so I went there and... Man, did I? I don't know if I ever will, will regret that. <laughs> did you apply for any other schools here? I was supposed to apply to uh, UP, 
UPD on if if I'm correct, I was supposed to apply for metallurgic engineering. Let's take a step back, guys. We talk about you guys moving here to the Philippines for university. I don't know if all all three of you of Gabby's friends were there, but I was. So I I want to kind of capture this one moment. Um, I remember I was at the airport uh, and Gabby had to fly back to the Philippines. It was, um, he, he was going to fly back with my mom because my dad was already in the Philippines. And uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm, a quite, I'm quite a private person and I'm, I don't normally tell people I'm going to go anywhere. But with Gabby, um, I think this is kind of my segue of just kind of honoring you guys. When I saw Gabby in the airport, I knew it was hard for him to leave because this the desert really was his home, you know. But on the day of his departure, I think there were like 20 other people like showing up for him to say goodbye. Ah, uh, yeah, see, Mitchie's there. Uh, I, I, were all three of you there? I don't know. Ernie, I don't know if you already went ahead. No, Isa and Ernie were already here. He's an Ernie. Okay, okay. So that that moment was such an important moment for me to see for my brother, because it's it's not easy to leave, right? And a home. And Gabby, why don't you take us through um, that moment? It was your you were a teenager there, and you were at the airport. All your friends are showed up for you, and I even remember a moment with the boys having a prayover session in the middle of Dubai Airport, right? There were posters. There were like people crying. Take me through that moment for you. Wow. Ah <laughs> uh, yes. So uh, to the part that we already know. Uh, right after I finished my last exam, it was June 15, 2013. Uh, my flight, and out of, uh, aside from the despedida I already had at uh, at the park before beforehand. I wasn't exactly aware that all my close friends uh, were actually going to see me off at the airport. And that brought me to tears. <laughs> like, it it was a surprise. I think it was. I, I didn't really, I wasn't really expecting it. So it wasn't just, uh, it wasn't just people from the community, but it was also people from high school that who I grew up with, childhood friends, and a good amount of them I'm still close with or kept in touch. and. Up to this day, I still I, I can still re relive that memory where uh, all of them are still at some point where are my brothers at this point, and we still like to review of that memory. Like, oh, you remember that time uh, we saw you off at the airport? Yeah, man, I can I, I can never forget that because my my family thought I had like I was a chick magnet all of a sudden because there were a lot of girls too. So I was like, oh damn, <laughs> yeah. So for you, your your move was planned. You you were saying that parang um yeah you were expecting to move to to go to the same university we went to. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, how about you, Ernie? Uh, I think because you studied in a Filipino school in the UAE, right? So yes. you did you plan to go to to the Philippines for university now? Not really. <laughs> I was a I was a kid with really no direction. I was just following whatever my parents would tell me to do. Um, basically, dad telling me to study geology because indunda yung pera, and I just followed suit lang. Cause 
initially kasi you know being a, a dumb kid young dumb um i wanted to pursue music pero parang natakot ako kasi it 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 i feel like it would it would lead to like a very a very hard life yeah then again it, it was during a time na you know um wala masyadong outlets for 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 that kind of stuff like uh, people nowadays the musicians they could study music and then go on twitch and then just stream music while you know stream their performances and they would they would they would earn a lot pero you know i i, I didn't expect that pero okay lang din yung geology it's it's a fun science but did you know you wanted to like did you know there was a, a university or college that you were going to attend to um Uh, when you landed here, or did you start the search here? Uh, ano, ano lang, uh, it, before, before I, before I went to the Philippines, I already, it was already said that I would go to Malboa because I passed their entrance exam, and they had geology. Yung sa UP kasi, well, I mean, it's it's up cat right minus wrong, malamang bagsak sayang one hundred dollars. So, uh, ayun, <laughs> I went, I went for it was either Malboa geology or UST music because I passed that. What? Not know this. Yeah. So, I I went for geology. I'm it, sorry. It, it felt like it felt like the same. It felt like the safe decision. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry I mentioned the guitar piece. Then I must have like. I don't know. It's okay. It's just it just reminds me of a lot of cringe memories. You know. Justin Bieber hair. I remember uh, yeah. the coconut head. Um. Okay, okay. So we're talking about university here. Did all of you know how to speak Tagalog before coming here in the Philippines? Gabby? <laughs> no. Hard no. How about how about Isa? Yes, I know how. How did you learn how to speak Tagalog? Is it because of school? No, because both my parents, Sambahai, at our home, they will speak Tagalog in front of me. Thus, they will like teach me at at an early age na to speak in Tagalog. Then, it got developed when I started studying in the in a Filipino school kasi. So, yeah. Um, it was pretty much, uh, how do I say this? Broken Tagalog, really. Just bits and pieces. <laughs> in, in, you were in a Filipino school in UAE, right? Yeah. So, yeah. How, like, learning Tagalog. I'm sure you had Filipino class. Yeah, we did. So, um, It's it's pretty much like the the opposite with with Isa Nover in her in her family she was they already speak the language at home but uh, in mine it was really English um, both my older sister and my brother um, were all exposed to just like um, American media music uh, I I wasn't um, I was only exposed to um, like the teleseries siguro i was i want to say like nine years old ten so that i mean from from watching those that was when i was that's that was how i would hear certain words but not necessarily communicate so it was like i understand but i can't speak and then when even uh that's correct i i studied in a filipino school but even then <laughs> i still stuck to english um a lot of my classmates would ridicule me really because i couldn't manage to like even speak one sentence in completely in Tagalog. Um, but I didn't mind that. Uh, it was really when I was in high school and then I became active in YFC and a lot of YFCs are 
um, there are there are YFCs who you know English is their first language, but they're like majority it's uh, because we were in YFC Charger, right? So because in Dubai, Engl- they really speak English, right? Uh, uh, majority, but in Charger, it's Tagalog talaga. So me like serving as a, as a leader, I had to adjust to members who couldn't speak in English. So I I really had to. Uh, put effort into the learning. I think that was how I was able to actually communicate um, in in Tagalog. And yeah, um, like Isa, when I came here not to the to the Philippines, it pretty much solidified. I want to say it definitely got better. So you know, there's something interesting about what you said. I was talking to other folks who moved here. They they were telling me that from where they grew up, there's no such thing as a Filipino school. Right, like when we were growing up in UAE, there's like an Indian yeah. school, uh, a British school, an American school, school, you know, a Catholic school. We were kind of segregated in some sort. When you landed here in the Philippines and you started your first year in university, did you ever get that the jeering and the jokes of people making fun of your accent and your and in your and your in your Tagalog? Oh, definitely. Oh my goodness, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um... It is okay. I'm pretty sure everybody knows this, but how how students from like the big um I don't know if I'm allowed to, to mention the names of the universities, but top universities here uh, in the Philippines where students speak in Konyo. That's how I sounded. That's uh, apparently I wasn't even aware of of Konyo. But um, every time I would try to adjust to college classmates. Um, or professors speaking Tagalog, uh, they would, there's always someone who will point out, you have an accent. Like, um, it's it's pretty obvious. And I'm just like, that's when I have to like, you know, tell them that, okay, yeah, because um, it's not my first language and I didn't grow up here in the Philippines. So yeah, um, I definitely got rid- ridiculed um, classmates would like imitate how I'd speak. Um, even if I tried to sound as naturally as natural as possible when I speak in Tagalog, I, it's inevitable. Like it's it's pretty much there. I think already. I can't really do anything about it. So even if I wanted to avoid sounding conyo, I still sounded conyo. <laughs> Does anyone want to explain what conyo is to our listeners? So for the listeners, conyo is basically uh, what we describe as people who 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 speak. Tagalog with an accent, most most notably an American or a British accent. So that comes off uh, very broken or Konya can also be Taglish. Right. Thank you for that, Gabby. Since you went on to, to explain this, mm-hmm. I mean, I know I, I, <laughs> I know where your Tagalog and your English levels are at yeah. before you moved here in the Philippines. And for the ones listening, like... Um, <laughs> Wait lang. Uh, Isa wants to imitate what is Konya. You, do you want to like, do you want to <laughs> go on? Joke lang. <laughs> Joke lang. <laughs> no. no. Ano? Joke lang. Joke lang yun. Mamaya mahanap pa ako sa social media. <laughs> okay. I was gonna take you up on it. Sa susunod na lang. <laughs> It's too thick as a Filipino. I don't think she can do Konyo. Hi, okay. I can. No, magka yeah. char. Joke lang. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> okay, okay, okay. Okay. Mm. So, Gabby, you before you you moved to the Philippines, I know what level you were with Tagalog. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, because like I learned Tagalog through the Filipino channel. I'm not even TFC. asking. TFC. Thank you so much for pahina once upon a time. Bubblegum. Okay, hindi ko na abusin yung bubblegum. Pero we had, I, I grew up learning Tagalog through the educational, parang the children's um, uh, shows in TFC. But for Gabby, I think you were growing up, you already had more shows to look at that was in Tagalog. So, tell me more about how it was like for you moving here in the Philippines with very little uh, knowledge of how to speak the language. And to where you are now. I think, guys, you have to listen to Gabby, how he speaks uh, outside. Nagugulat ako. <laughs> his, his vocabulary is so vast na. He's so kanto sometimes. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. So, uh, just for the listeners, uh, when I first arrived, my only level was Super Ingo, uh, Ipulaga, Bubble Gang. And when I first arrived, so English was my only language at the time. And when relatives always talk to me or when uh, I had to buy something, I would always say, uh, Opo. That was the one word I knew. Opo. Word thought respect. <laughs> <laughs> thought respect. More of that's the only word I, I, I knew at the time. Then... Uh, fast forward, what is it? Nine years now. Uh, I've gone through so much of an evolution with my Tagalog. Uh, I'm thankful enough that through my college days, even though I've had the same phase as everyone here, where we were we were shamed for speaking Tagalog or with a bad with a Konya accent, uh, I was thankful enough for the people uh, in my life, uh, especially for those I dormed with, uh, to teach me the ways of how to speak. Uh, Tagalog. Mm. And so it comes it comes to the point that now I have no problem uh, counting in Spanish. Uh, whenever the Jeep says 14, I know it's 40 pesos. I know this, I know this experience so well for everyone who moved here, especially when we were in the Jeep. We were so scared of saying parapo. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you went on you you went on a Jeep that was you never asked the, the Jeep to stop? No, I was just like, either I, I prayed to God that so, someone also went down with me and they would oh say it for God. me, or I would hit the ceiling with my with my finger just to like signal stop. Oh my God, I didn't know that. So you sat in a Jeep and didn't, and just waited for it to stop? Yeah, that, that was the anxiety I had early on. Oh no. <laughs> so okay, just for the listeners, where like what was the farthest you've been on a Jeep? Until you decided to get off it. <laughs> uh, oh, the farthest? I think that was when I was supposed to go home from college. And I actually missed my stop. Not because of the language barrier, but mostly because I fell asleep in the, in the, G, in the FX. No, but in the, in, in the context of like, you, you didn't want to say parapo. <laughs> uh, I was a street over. A street over. Okay, she's, uh, you scared me there. I'm like, where are you going? <laughs> yeah, so I, that was that was at that point where I was forced to say para po, but in a, the most conyo way possible. Para po kuya. Okay, we were talking about life in university. And of course, life in university also includes socializing. What was dating like? I think I'll, I'll go first. Um, 
since uh, I, I just feel like mine's gonna be like the least adventurous one because okay so the reason why I say that is because here uh how do I say this when I actually when I was still in UAE I was already in a long-term relationship like I was already taken so when I moved here um I was still in that relationship for like three more years so basically the whole Sorry, four more years. Um, the whole time I was in college, I was <laughs> committed. So I didn't actually get to, um, how do I say this? Like shoot my shot uh, in the in the dating field, uh, only uh, until like after graduating college, because that's when um things ended, the relationship ended. So, yeah. Um, so that that's pretty much my answer for university life specifically. I was committed. I mean, I did have like crushes here and there. It, that's unavoidable. Um, as long as you don't act on it. Um, but yeah, I, I also had my fair share of crushing on professors. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. So, yeah, okay. No yeah. judgment. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, um, I was still taken. I would still like um, choose to be committed. So yeah, I I would say I only really started to date after after graduating, which is which is now. <laughs> so yeah, I have a question for you, Michi, because like you moved from Dubai to the Philippines, right? And this is some mm. more of like an observation for me. There is something about Filipino women here in the Philippines. No matter rain or shine, like they have this way of coming to the office and still smelling good, uh, hair so dry, they all they all like made up. Did you feel like I mean, because when we were in when we were young, like we grew up as kids, like you know, like we we had a normal we were in the playground, we would hang out with friends, but then mm -hmm. here comes coming of age moment and you're here in the Philippines and you're in university. Did you ever feel like, wow, that's, I can't, there's a different standard of how a woman should look like. Oh, um, yeah, I, that's, that was definitely something that I, I experienced in, in college uh, that I followed suit with um i i also how do i say this like um even if i was already in my late teens uh entering college i i still felt like i was in puberty <laughs> so i didn't know how to look proper if i would like look if i would see like older photos of myself like when i was new in university i would oh like just burn it burn all those photos because i didn't even know how to fix my hair or um, especially with the heat here in, in Manila. So yeah, um, definitely like I want to say like halfway through college or maybe even like second year college palang, I was already following suit of how my how my batchmates would like really just look prim and proper, just powder, powder, powder. <laughs> um so yeah, I I definitely like um just observed and followed suit of them. So yeah. That's an interesting thing, like, cause like for me when I came here, I had to learn how to. It's such a big deal, you know, like the whole makeup thing. You have to look super, yes. like polished. Isa, you're saying yes. How was uh, <laughs> the dating life for you when you moved here in the Philippines? 
I might drag someone down. Sorry, Jordan. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So far, ano, kasi, back in college days, I haven't, like, tried dating. Like, because, um, I don't know, siguro kasi, like, what you mentioned earlier, like, about the Filipino women here, they're very clean and proper. And I am, like, the opposite. Parang, Um, hindi ako maayos, hindi ako ano. So, I think hindi ako nagkaroon ng chance to date. Pero after college, I did date. Tapos, so far, it's, it's, it's fine. There are a lot of, um, there are a lot of things <laughs> that are questionable. Pero ano, pero I think it's part of dating life naman. It's like, you just explore and, yeah, yeah, very, very traumatic. Sorry, joke lang. Thanks for that, Isa. Um, I I want to hear more from the boys' side, Ernie. I know you were so eager to unmute yourself. Tell me, how was it like uh, <laughs> dating here? Okay, dating here was hard. Uh, it was a whole process for me to learn. Uh, considering uh, that I wasn't really well versed with the language, um, not just the language, but like. how you chat with women like when when you when you do the smiley faces or like there's a call on and then end parentheses like how many end parentheses do you have to make it to make to make it obvious apparently i'm interested in you gonna so like i guess two is enough three is a little too much four is just no no gonna <laughs> then like because that day i i was kind of a stoic kind of guy Uh, stoic, 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 and uh, yeah, stoic. I had to like replace that side of me. Well, not replace, I guess, but like um, take the good sides of that and combine that with 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 how with how Filipinos socialize, I guess, in in a sense, na parang it's all chill, it's all good. This guy's not sto not being stoic, so. He's relaxed, so I can be relaxed. So like it's it's I had to read a lot of psychology shit just to just to uh kind of get to know how to even talk to them. And uh I this all began in uh 2015 or 16 ata when I downloaded Tinder for the first time and I had a couple of matches. And uh they just You know, I just couldn't retain conversations. It, it, they, they would just unmatch me, or it would just turn dead. And I would figure, but I, I would think to myself, "Bakit? Why did it? Why did this stop?" Naman, I, I was talking about, I was, I was like expounding on the current subject, and then I was serious, uh, ser- serious when I would uh, socialize with them. And siguro, it was, it was too much for them. to receive from the get-go, diba? which which makes a lot of sense. Naman. So Filipino women, they're a different breed from you know Western women. So did you feel like when you were interacting with the women, whether it's on Tinder or an app or in person or in chat, did you feel like you were more, did you use English as uh, like uh, when you were communicating? Initially, yeah, initially it was all mostly English. And then... Uh, I have a friend named Lance. Gabby knows him, and and Gabby knows that. Okay, I actually mentioned his name. Well, Lance, you're out there. If you're if you're listening to this, I'm so sorry. I love you. 
um he he's kind of a casanova kind of guy he knows how to how to talk to filipino women very well like he, he he's he's really good with it and that and sometimes like i would give my phone to him and ask him straight straight up bro what do i do here i i feel stuck and like he would he would get me out of the pickle and then it would soon die after once he gives me back the phone <laughs> anyway um yeah um I, w- I moved from like english and then like i tried to incorporate lots of tagalog but then again parang sometimes i would mess up my vocabulary and parang i would feel na napapahiya ako so i would just combine okay okay taglish whatever but i would i would i i started assuming that parang uh, like a more relaxed mentality less serious like i would be more game to like play with their jokes or whatever and and that's that worked that worked back in the UAE. But when I moved here, like I, I guess I, I removed that sort of mentality that okay, people dress up differently here, so I guess I should like look around and and ingest or you know ingest what uh, what see what they what they what they wear and canvas for shops that sell these these uh these uh attire. I had to adjust. And it was, it, I didn't really care much about shirts until I found Uniqlo. That's for sure. <laughs> Uniqlo, if you're listening to this, we'd like to ask you to sponsor us. Let's <laughs> go. <laughs> for giving us a chance. We spent so much money, Larry. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to say we. I, I feel like I spent so much money spending on trash clothes when I was growing up because I came to, from that era of elephant pants. That kind of clean oh, right. power. <laughs> and right, then right, like, right. it's so different, right? You can't go to work wearing that. Obviously, you can't. Um, but here um, I felt that it it was hard balance to me. Cause like there were Filipino women who would and I'm I'm all for like, you know, the curves and showing skin, however else you want to express yourself. But it was hard because like we came from the we came from the UAE where um, you can't wear short skirts. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Those here it sounds so hot. Let's wear nothing. <laughs> and like, <okay>. Yeah. <laughs> Isa, you. How about you? What was it like? You know, did you have to change the way you dressed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, here in the Philippines, um, so pinas ko lang na experience because in Dubai, they don't really comment about your skin color. But in the Philippines, it's such a big deal in skin color. Because I remember there was this one um, traffic enforcer. So I was with my um, classmate. And she was uh, very, very white. Tapos, he just went up to me and he told me that, oh, she's more prettier than you because she's white. And I was so, so surprised. So, so I went here in the Philippines... It's it's very hard like uh for for my skin color because I'm a morena so this is like the national supposed to be national color of the Filipinos but yeah pero um na colonize and stuff pero here kasi is like everyone will tell me na I you I have to use whitening products I have to wear shorts because you're in the Philippines and it will be much more prettier on you like. 
it's it's very hard so it it parang um during college years it was i was really i have really low self esteem so so it took me years to be like uh to be confident again in myself so yeah here in the philippines the colorism is like It's at its finest. <laughs> I'm so oh, glad man. you mentioned that point, Isa. Because like even for me coming here, there were um, whitening pro- products everywhere, and oh, like yeah. I-, I remember, like I think growing up, I I saw women, like classmates who would run away from the sun, you know, mm-hmm. even back back in the UAE, but here even more so. I uh, only recently, the last couple of years, have they started doing marketing and like. pushing for women to just love the color of their skin, whether it's mm. fair skin, morena, or something in between. So I'm for you on that one. Um, yes. Thank you for mentioning that point. It's actually a very good point because the, I think the true color of Filipinos is like really tan and morena. Mm-mm, it is. We're just, um, we're greatly influenced by Westerns. <laughs> And I hope, like, when you see that little that guy who said that to you, you, you show them who how you glowed up now. I know. I will punch his face one day. Sorry. Napin natin, napin natin. Let's go. All right. Um. Let's move on to the next question. Uh, this one's a very important one because this is where you guys are at, right? Um. What was your dream job before coming here in the Philippines? And did your move here change that? Gabby? I think during high school, I, was, I wasn't set on anything at the, at the time. There was just, you know, just go on with life, do college. And even then, I wasn't even sure of what I wanted to take. <clears throat> And I, if, if I were to say anything close to a dream job, At the time, it would have been uh, something along the lines of being chemistry or uh, I think I wanted to be a chef at that time. You wanted to be a chef? Yeah, I wanted to take culinary arts. Wow, I didn't know that. Then there was also illustration yeah. arts, but yeah, I think you know that how that conversation went. <laughs> I remember you wanted to do arts too. Yeah. 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 Ernie, how about you? Did, did, that, did moving here change your dream job? I mean, I think you mentioned about going to art, uh, music school, but how? Oh, well, <laughs> dreams change, I guess. Uh, my dream job would be, well, with the onset of the pandemic, something work from home, you know, something comfortable. So, like, you know, I wouldn't have to spend on transportation, <laughs> getting sunburned, having to, like, spend calories. And yeah, you know, just basically risking safety, whatever. It would be nice to like work uh, from home uh, as long as I, as long as, the jo- as long as the job I'm working is uh, respectable and, you know, um, I feel like I'm contributing a lot to the company, that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I'm at this point, like I, I, I don't want, I'm not really fond of, I'm not really aiming for anything specific. I am after comfort. I want to continue that uh, answer of yours. You're aiming for comfort. You you wanted something work for home. Um, uh, we are in the we're still at the end. I'd like to hope it's the end of the pandemic. But um, this like for your generation, you guys graduated recently. 
what was the job hunt like for you, Ernie? Let's start with you. The job hunt was specifically hard because, uh, well, I graduated from Mapua March 2019. And then um, I ha- actually had an, import- an opportunity to Dubai to, for this, to get this certificate that is apparently like a big deal. She, my mom, she was like a kumare, like a, a friend of the CEO of that company. So like, Yung CEO na yon sabi niya, okay, uh, come and roll. You could uh, you could get the certificate for free. I'm like, oh wow, okay, that's a big deal. Because like apparently the certificate's worth more than like uh, ten thousand dirhams or something. So, you know, like why not? But uh, she emphasized the importance of passing the board exam because geology is a board exa- uh, is a board course. So, uh, the board exam uh, happens. Uh, of that year of 2019 happened on, on November and so yeah um, I she told me to to focus on the board exam but then again I graduated March the board exam was on uh, November so I thought si mama baka pwede daw ako dumalaw sa UAE and take the certificate and then come back for boards and uh I said, you know, knowing myself as not being much of a studious guy, I would need all of those months to uh, to study for the board exam. But in reality, what really happened is that I just screwed around until July, August, and then started studying seriously. Um, pero unfortunately, yung training facility na yun sa Dubai, it went bankrupt and it's no longer possible for me to get that certificate unfortunately. So like, I wish I it's a, it's, it's, it's a it's, I, I regret that for sure. In any case, I passed I, I passed the board exam one day thankfully, and then I told myself, okay, I finished basically the main part of my educational career. I'm not sure if I will continue it. But I, w- I want to take a break. So I told myself, okay, I'll, I'll, ch- I'll chill for like two months. Two months. November 2019. Okay. And then uh, cases were rising. Oh, no. First case arrived in Mapua, uh, in, Mapua in, in the Philippines. And uh, the rest is history. I did go for like two interviews before lockdown happened. However, I didn't get a call back. And I basically was jobless from November 2019 to February 2021. And that was tough. Like, uh, you know, staying, staying at home during ECQ, just desperately trying to find a job. So, so I was just chilling with mom and uh, si mom then because she retired recently and she was staying with me. So like she, she was given like a gratuity. Uh, pero we burned all that cash through one year because you know, the pandemic happened and we weren't able to have like all the avenues for investment for investing were just closed because people were scared so like yeah it, we, we're in a financial drought right now but that's okay we're, we're still we're still floating whatever but yeah that was that was, that was it was a very depressing period for sure because 
you the the fact that you're not unable to find a job you would quest start questioning yourself is it because of me did i not graduate cum laude did i not graduate with good grades did i and i started college 2011 so like it made me question myself did grabe yung delayo i graduated 2019 i spent like almost 8 years uh, sa mapua like it 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 just hit me really hard like is this is this is this uh, the consequence of just screwing around my my first few years in Mapua? Like you know, it, it it was very it was it sucked a lot, but thankfully, I landed a job and it's the current job. It's the job I'm working working in currently. So yeah, I, I'm happy for you that you found the job. Tell us a little bit, like how many years did you wait or how many months did you wait to get to your job? Like, is this your first since graduation? And, and okay. And then how many, um, I mean, some people count, some people don't like, was this the only job that was like you were gunning for or were there others that you were interviewing and it didn't work out? There were multiple actually, Um, multiple jobs that, Basically, I was just sending my CV out and about like shurikens, and uh, I, w- I, w- I wouldn't get I wouldn't get uh, callbacks. But you know, I don't I don't just send my CV. I, I personalize the cover letter, but you know, whatever. Uh, you know, gather the initial brownie points. Uh, but uh, in any case, um, yeah, I ended I ended up with that job. It, it's already really hard to um, just experience of a job hunt. I remember in my time when I graduated, like there was another kind of pressure for me because after I graduated, my parents retired and moved back to the Philippines. So I had a few months to find a job that will cover me for visa in, in, in the UAE. So... Um, I had to go for every internship, every part-time job, every like whatever, just to get my foot in, you know, through the door. Yeah. So it's it's super hard. And it adds another layer, like that pandemic, I hate it so much because like I saw it with my own eyes. Uh, hearing it from you and seeing it in my own eyes with my own brother, like it wasn't easy to watch because I felt like your generation needed more guidance. For sure, for sure. I, I, I totally agree with that, yeah. Needed more guidance on how to apply. Because back in my time, oh, I just throw your CV. Like, uh, call a tita, call somebody, call your wastas, like wastas connection Arabic, or yeah. call someone, you know? You were, you were coming from a place that had a community that you can ask. Like how you said earlier, your mom had a komare. Um, and here in the Philippines, uh maybe not all of us have that community not all of us not all of us have that connection yeah then you're left out there to like okay do i use linkedin do i use email do i call someone you know it goes through layers and um it was i i i I could i could resonate how scary that was but i'm really happy that you found your place here and and (laughs) i'm happy and i hope you know you you get to that place of so um, i'm happy for you um, <laughs> I I want to ask, and I want to turn the question back to the the girls. Uh, Isa, what was your dream job? 
before coming here in the, the, the Philippines and has that changed? Tell me about your job hunt. Okay, so my dream job is to work in a film production company or any any film production. That's why um that's why I took up mass communication. Then then actually <clears throat> applying for that dream job was really hard because in the in the Philippines uh I used to work for a really big network company here, TV network company here in the Philippines. Then it was really hard to work in a um in a film production or a production um, job in that in that network because they will be basing your school because they want they want their employees to be from the top four university in the Philippines. So I, I, my my college or the college I went from is in Laguna. So it's in the province. So I have like 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 one 10% chance to get in. So it was kind of bit how do you say, parang mahirap. Very, <clears throat> very, very challenging siya. So, it went to the point na I applied a lot of, like, production company. Tapos, they never, like, um, they weren't able to uh, accept me because of my, um, maybe because of, um, hindi ako ganun ka-artistic or maybe because um, I'm not from a really good school. Tapos, up until now, it does it didn't change. But looking for another job was actually very hell. Parang sobrang-sobrang hell. <laughs> Kasi like, you know, when they ask you like, five years from now, what are your plans? I couldn't answer it right away. Parang, I, me, myself, I don't even know what I will be doing five years from now. <laughs> So it was very hard and at the same time parang you have a lot of competitors so uh, during the pandemic I was one of the people who got retrenched in in that network so so it was really hard for me and ako lang um both me and my brother are the only ones who has birth because my parents are retired and all so it was really hard so thank god naka um I got back naman rin sa network na yun, Pero I got much more bigger opportunity in another company. So, right now, it was... um Right now, my career is good. Pero uh, I don't want to settle no muna. Pero I want to still pursue the dream job that I want. So, ayun po. <laughs> I'm happy your your dreams are still, like, alive and living. And you know what? Like, I, I truly believe that um, people would say New York, if you make it here, you will make it anywhere. But I disagree. I think here in the Philippines, just like your driving skills here in the Philippines, if you make it here, you will make it anywhere. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to ask one last question. Thanks for that, Isa. Um, uh, you're now in your early mid-20s. Everyone is on that. What would you advise to third culture kids who are curious of taking up an education or moving here in their teenage years? Like, let's um, give me uh, maybe two advices. Gabby, start. Move here. I'll change your life for the better. <laughs> All right. Isa. Maging madiskarte. Like, you'll have to live on your own. 
this is the best place where you have you're gonna learn a lot of things here. This is the best place to be independent. <laughs> so yeah, don't be scared. <laughs> Ernie. Uh, I guess for my first piece of advice, uh, don't be afraid because uh, every person you see, they're afraid too. So just relax and I love that. you know, coast. As for my second advice, okay, love advice, love and dating advice. You know, just it may be tiring, but this is specifically for Tinder and Bumble, Tinder and or Bumble. <laughs> Just uh, just put yourself out there, and it may be tiring to like continuously reintroduce yourself to different, uh, different humans of the opposite sex of whoever you are, whatever you are, and you know, just you'll find that person. Awesome, thanks, Ernie, Mitchy. Um, I guess for me it would be to uh, choose your circle wisely. I I think it's just better to have um people you trust um yeah just stuff about like crab mentality and everything you don't know who's really on your side um your closest friend would easily like end up being your enemy um but yeah uh just choose your circle wisely I think yeah that's that's uh everybody else mentioned what I, I, I was about to say but that's something else that I could I could add Awesome. Guys, I had a secret last question for you. <laughs> Where is home for you? I think, honestly, this is so cheesy. Uh, honestly, wherever you guys are. I used to think it was UAE, but I know going back there, it wouldn't be the same without these people, all the third culture kids I met. So definitely wherever wherever you guys are, is easily, that, that, that'll be home for me too. Um, thanks, Michi. Isa, let's go backwards. Um, before I would say it's UAE, but now I'm I'm the type of person that I couldn't consider any place that's home, because because <laughs> I'm that person that when I see uh, a great opportunity in that place, I will grab that. So for now, uh, maybe I'm still searching for it. <laughs> I love that you're open for anything now. Yes. Gabby, where is home for you? Where the people are. Uh, I think we can, uh, as not just third culture kids, but also as Middle East, people who got raised in the Middle East, uh, we once considered UAE as our home, but now I think we consider ourselves like the people uh, mm. as nomads, as Bedouins. Mm. So wherever the people are, that's where home is. Oh, that's really sweet, guys. Ernie? <laughs> Where is home for you? Oh, uh, I would consider home uh, to be a place where I feel safe and supported. That being either with my girlfriend, with friends like Gabby, my mom, my dad. You know, this this life's just much more col- colorful with you guys. So, yeah. So from everyone's answers, home is where the people they love and care for are. And then, and to Isa's point, open to anything. Like you'll make home where it feels good, right? <laughs> or feels right. All right. We are up on our last minute. I just want to say thank you so much for joining me on the Pariah Peaks. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you for having us. 
Stories are powerful, and more so when they represent and connect the narrative of many who lived through it. Thank you for listening to The Pariah Peaks, a platform for Asian immigrants to share their lives, woes, and wins. If you enjoyed listening, follow and rate us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, and Google Podcast. Catch you in the next episode.